1: A very merry draftmas to you! Thank you for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Draft Show, and I believe this is our first episode of April for the AP Draft Show this year. I'm joined as always by my co-host. Find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Jake, it is draftmas
2: month, my man. The really the best month of the year. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and this year especially. What I mean. You got the draft obviously that little thing's coming up you've got the masters you've got the final four you've got wrestlemania this weekend Woo. you've also what am, i'm forgetting one thing oh game, game, of, game, thrones. game of thrones that's coming out the avengers, avengers Endgames games coming I out mean, there's
1: a lot there's a lot here i think the avengers movie comes out during uh during draft weekend too
2: yeah it, it is like the 26th I they think, did not do a good fan. They, they didn't do a, fan, a a favor for all of us nerds. I, hold on though, because you remember last
1: year we went If you do saw, it right, you saw we saw the Avengers movie last year on the Friday of draft weekend. Little kind of a kind of a a little history about me and Jake. We actually take the Friday off of draft miss weekend off. Like we we both get off. We go do brunch. We go do a movie or something like that. We just clear that whole day and keep it available just to kind of soak the whole draft process I have processing. never
2: worked the last month of April, in my, the, the last <laughs> Friday of April in my professional career. I, mean, I, Are, I, I don't think you have either. I'm pretty sure. I think
1: you're right, man. Uh, one of the cool things that's going to be happening is Craig's actually going to be coming up and celebrating Draftmas with us this year. Partially because there is a something that has not been announced yet that will be announced here in the near future that we're all really excited about. Um, and then, but he's just going to spend the whole weekend with us, kicking Qu- it.
2: Question: What? Who's the Captain America of this year's draft class? Ugh. You're, you're making me think way too hard today. We'll circle back to that.
1: Okay. You're, are you, you're gonna. You're gonna. Is this a cliffhanger? You're gonna maybe say at the end of the episode, teasing it. Yeah. Okay let's do that a couple housekeeping notes Uh, if you like the arrowhead pride podcast network uh, please feel free to give us five-star reviews apparently that's a good thing speaking of five-star reviews Jake today I I just saw an update there's 14 people that have given the KC draft guide a five-star
2: review and no one has actually seen it yet well, two are my parents. Two are your. No, we got some really uh, trusting people out there. I, I appreciate the support. I mean that that was cool. Like I really appreciate that. Like that that just the fact
1: that like I, someone said today, they gave me a five. They gave us a five star review because they appreciate our work and the effort and put in. And like I I promise you, we have put a lot of effort in. We are in the finalization stage. Everything is edited. We are we are finalizing pages as far as kind of just laying the guide out and all that stuff. And it will be ready on Sunday. Uh, And we are ready to launch it on Monday. I am so excited for you guys to see this. Uh, If you haven't heard, I I would be surprised if you're listening to this podcast and haven't heard. We are launching the KC Draft Guide, the first ever edition. Over 225 write-ups about prospects and how they fit the Chiefs. It's over 100,000 words. This is a bad boy this thing is huge, and uh, the features that we just got done writing, I am so excited for you guys to see. Like, We're going to talk... What, one, one little tease, we are going to do a launch day episode next, uh, next week. So uh, on Monday, when the guide launches, we're going to be doing a launch day episode, and I'm really, really excited about that. You can still get the guide for $7.99 if you go to gum.co slash KCDraft, promo code COUNTDOWN. That we're we're offering it for 7.99 still. I, we're not really going to be advertising discounts uh, on once the once the guide actually
2: launches. So you can still pre order at a at a discounted rate. But th- get it before it's cool. You know, yeah. like be early on this. Get it before people are talking about it. Like, oh hey, did you see her about this Casey Draft Guide? Get it so you can say, yeah, I've known about that for weeks. I got it discounted. Yeah, duh. Because I pre-ordered, the
1: amount of people that have pre-ordered this thing is just absurd. I'm so, I, I thank you guys so much. We got a lot of cover today. uh And we're basically, what we're going to do today is we're going to break down kind of what we feel are the, the, the pools of players for the first, second, and third round that the Chiefs, have a realistic chance of picking from right you know because we we talk about all these scenarios and we look through all this stuff but like we kind of just sat down and looked and said okay this is kind of the the pool of players for round one this is kind of the pool of players for round two maybe a couple guys that you might have to move up the board a little bit for in the first and second round and we'll just start here because me and jake we're going to just kind of discuss the first first round jake i don't want to Cover every single one of these guys because some of these guys we've covered ad nauseum like we've just we've been very on consistently throughout this, but we'll, we'll just stop and, and talk about a couple. So here's kind of where I look at and I say this is I think if, if you gave me these 10 players, I, I would feel pretty good about my chances of the Chiefs taking one of these guys. We'll just go down the list and we I sorted these guys. Uh, I ranked them by where they are in the KC draft guide. So, Cleland Farrell, we're higher on him than it, the league might be, or maybe there's just too many edge rushers that are out there right now um, that you know have higher athletic profiles or something. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, he is obviously got the ACL injury. One of the things that we're not doing in the guide is we're not sorting and moving guys down the board for injury. We are just notating and making sure you guys know that those guys have injury history. Um, so Jeffrey Simmons is a guy that we're very high on. We still think is a top ten player. Greedy Williams, the cornerback from LSU. I don't feel great about this one, but I could see the Chiefs potentially moving up in the into the draft uh, to get a guy like Greedy if they're if they're feeling greedy. Uh, Byron Murphy had to keep him on there. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the safety from Florida. Uh, Jake. Uh, What did you think about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? I think we might have talked about him a little bit, but what what was your take on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety from Florida?
2: Yeah, I think for us, he seems to kind of be that guy that kind of keeps rising to the top whenever we do our projections about what we think will happen with the draft. Um, I know... You know, we've discussed him. Just you know, you and I talking about who might be the best player available when the Chiefs pick, and I think you're starting to get into that range because those first four guys that you just talked about maybe might be guys that you'd have to trade up for, for sure. And and they may be guys that fall far enough to do that. Now, Chauncey Gardner Johnson may go before 29 as well, uh, but I really like his versatility as a safety, and he is a safety, but he's a safety that. That can play the back end. He's got good range. I think you can use him in a variety of ways. Um, he'd be really interesting next to the Honey Badger just because both those guys are so versatile yeah. that you could use him in a lot of different ways. So think safety, but think more just a, a coverage player. Nickel corner. Yes. I mean, he's play, he's got a wide
1: background, played outside corner, played nickel, played People deep. People
2: like to throw the ball in the NFL. Yeah, I've he's, heard. He's good at covering guys that catch them. I think the Chiefs have a guy that can throw the ball a little bit. Um,
1: so yeah, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's he's kind of I think he is kind of like the starting point for where like guys that could actually be available in the chief select another guy that we're kind of pretty high on I think he's sitting 22nd on the on the Casey draft guide board right now we really haven't talked a ton about him is Jerry Tillery uh, long uh, really good athletic profile he's a defensive lineman from Notre Dame 6'6 about 300 pounds moves really well has the length has the density um, good explosiveness off the snap. I think his best football is ahead of him. Do we think he can play that strong side D end? I do. And that's so one of the too. things that is kind of endearing to us. Like we were talking with Craig and Maddie and when we, me and Jake and Craig and Matt, we basically DM a lot. Um, we just, we're, we're in the DMS on Twitter is just, just talking through stuff. This is a a a move for a guy like Tillery would be, uh, kind of a chess piece too. You could you could play him inside and outside. You could get away with him as a strong side defensive end. So you've kind of got some of that diversity, that flexibility. That you know, it's a good trait to
2: have. And I think Tillery's best football is ahead of him. Uh, Well, you know, so I was gonna say that you know the knock on Tillery is people talk about how he maybe doesn't love football. It's not his first love, and which is kind of silly because it's like. Your classic football guys talking about someone that like likes to read books and travel. <laughs> like, well, this guy likes to go to other countries. He can speak four different languages. Uh, is he really committed to be a being a great NFL player? He's <laughs> just like, no, he's just like someone that has interests outside of football, and that doesn't mean he doesn't love football. Right? He's actually, dude. He's kind of a he's kind of a nasty player too on yeah. the field. When I first started watching him, I was a little bit almost kind of like annoyed with him. I was like, dude, like light chill, man. Like, <laughs> don't fall on the guys when they're on the ground already but he's but which is nice when he's on your team he's got that little bit of nasty in him so i like tillery i think him and cgj chauncey Gardner johnson are two guys that are kind of starting to rise to the top for me for the chiefs twenty nine at 29. I think for both of us yeah if they if they do stay there at 29
1: yeah and i'm feeling like i if jerry tillery is the pick i'm very happy I'm think I I'm probably one of the higher on him So in our group. Nasir Adderley, he's still around. He might be a guy that just – he's good value there. Um, he, you're probably not getting the same kind of versatility as you're getting with a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but I think you've got a guy that can play in the post. And uh, I, mean, I know he didn't test particularly well. He's been dealing with
2: some injuries, it seems like, but still a good football player. I feel like he's gotten passed up in the NFL's eyes too because this it, is a pretty good – I mean – there's really no like elite safety in this class, but there's right. a lot of necessarily types.
1: I think there's just like a, I think it's I, with corner in safety. It's a lot of fit matters. Yep. I mean, it is it, that the fit is really important for a lot of these guys. Garrett Bradbury got to keep him on the list. We'll see. I, I would not be just from an opportunity cost perspective. I mean, great football player. I really like this. It's weird. I really like Garrett Bradbury. I don't think I want the Chiefs taking an interior offensive lineman in the first round. Um, Amani Oruwariye—that's <laughs> the name. That's an a f- elite name. Uh, Amani Oruwariye, Penn State cornerback. I think he's—he's he's a guy that
2: like I don't know if I'm excited the Chiefs are taking, but I get it. I like him. I do. I mean, I don't dislike him either. I think I—I I think everyone's got like a mid to late second on him. Yeah. And I think I have a high second, late first. You're you're fringe first. I really I like. like I really first. like him. There are certain guys that you just watch, and something about them you just like. I felt the same way when I watched like Tre'Davious White. Is how Ooh. I felt when I watched Oroarie. and I just feel like they're just always in the receivers' hip pocket, mm. and they just are springy. They're like the way they move. They just. I don't know how to describe it, but you and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there are just no, certain guys you watch, and you're just it. like, I have a gut feeling about this guy. Um, I just really like him. I I'd be I would be probably more excited than you guys if he was the cheese pick. Um, yeah, but he's a guy that that I, I do like quite a bit, especially in that second tier of corners. And i yeah. know you're about to talk to about another one, but yeah, he's he's probably my top second tier type guy.
1: And I, I think there's there's
2: a, there's a lot of those second tier
1: guys. And the guy that we're gonna talk about is like I think some people got a little irritated when we mocked. Justin Lane from Michigan State, uh, you know, out there to the Chiefs a while back, but like he's gonna go in that range. He's gonna go in that range. I think Lane's probably a. I don't want to call him a last resort kind of pick at twenty nine, but I don't. I for us, like he's probably not at the top of the tier. I think we have him in the late thirties as far as our positional or as our as our overall big board rankings. So it's not like a guy that compared to others, you're 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 through the moon about necessarily but the athletic profile is exceptional I think he's I think he's another guy his his developmental arc he's still in his infinite stages developing as a cornerback and you know he's got the length. he's got the ball skills there's a lot to like about him uh, I think he's a little, probably a little bit more raw probably not as much plug and play as other guys but I think if you took that pool right there um, I think there's a decent chance that well the Chiefs next pick is is in that pool Uh, Jake, we're going to bring Maddie on in a second, but first I want to just kind of ask you, we're going to do this consistently throughout this whole, you know,
2: leading up to the process. Give me another day three sleeper. Yes, I have one for you. This is a guy we have not talked about at all. He's got a name that sounds like a few other guys in this draft class, but this is Ja'Shawn Johnson. the Ja'Shawn. Jashon from Texas Tech. He is a fun day three type guy. He is not someone I would want to bring in and have to rely on to be my starting safety because he's a little bit smaller. He did not test like I thought he would, like I saw on tape. Um, he actually In like the four six range, and he's like barely pushing five ten one eighty five one ninety. But I think he's a guy that he he's got exceptional closing speed. And if you if you Twitter search his name, that's what you'll what you will see because that's like his best trait and that's what people have kind of clung on to when they are you know will tweet like gifs of him and stuff like that but it's it's true you'll see him just absolutely fly onto the screen and cut down ball carriers or or make a play on the ball so I think he's got the ability to kind of play that uh, on on the back end and kind of be an eraser in some capacity he did not test well like I said so that is troubling but that's also why he's going to be a day three guy but I would not be surprised at all to see Deshaun Johnson uh, Uh, be on an NFL team and be on a team for a long time and, and find some type of way to contribute. And that's kind of the route I went with this day three type because there are some day three types and like I'm looking at yours and I think you'll get into this, but there are some day three types that you just take a swing for the fences because they have all the traits. There are other day three types that maybe are limited in some capacity, but they have some ability that you think they will be a contributor on your team for a while. So I think that's kind of how and that's the mold Deshaun Johnson fits is someone that you're going to draft and hope that he can contribute in some way or another, probably hopefully never as like a full time starter, but maybe like a nickel type safety uh, to play in certain packages and and so on and so forth
1: yeah uh and i mean you're right there's some you sometimes you shoot for the fence your swing for the fences on athletic profile sometimes you just swing on guys that have a lot of production in college and there's you know there's there's kind of two lines of thinking or some guys kind of caught in the middle my guy is Corey ballantyne in the backyard of the kansas city chiefs from washburn uh i'm really i the i watched him a little bit this week again uh, because I wrote about him on for the twenty five days of draft miss profiles that we're doing on Arrowhead Pride, and I mean I'm just I'm a fan of his. I like um, some personal stuff like from the backstory, kind of talking to him at the Senior Bowl. Guy came from Jamaica. He's lived in Topeka his whole life. Uh, he's a track star as well as a football player. Um, I'm I'm a fan of his background. He's you know, he 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 he's he's been in the area this whole time. And when you watched him at the senior bowl early on, he looked overwhelmed during the process, early in the process. When we were interviewing, when he was doing the media stuff, he looked overwhelmed. When, you know, they got onto the field the first day, kind of rough, right? You know, uh I don't think he was accustomed to the speed of the game. Uh he was a little bit too handsy. Uh he was out beyond his frame too much. And then slowly but surely as the day went on, he just got better and better. And I'm a big fan of Corey Ballantyne. And I think uh, he's another guy. I keep saying this today. His best football is ahead of him. I think he's got developmental traits that you like. Tested well. Performed well at the NFL Combine. And uh, I'd love to take a look at him in the later rounds. We're going to bring Matt on to talk about the second round pool right after this. Find him on Twitter. At Chief in Carolina. Matty Lane. You guys can't see, but the guns are out tonight.
3: Yeah, it's like 80 degrees here in Carolina. The windows are open. It's, it's a little sweaty, so uh, not at work at home. You're lucky I even put a shirt on for this, really.
1: I'm just, it's, I'm just happy for you not eating lunch at 10 o'clock your time.
3: I actively just ate right before we started this.
1: Of course you did. Yeah. You're always eating.
3: That is also Ma- a fact.
1: Maddie, you'll have, you'll be happy to know I got double meat at Chipotle today.
3: Oh, did it change? Did you still get quadruple rice or whatever kind of weird thing? you I do? doubled
1: the rice. I have no shame.
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chipotle hmm. fans. Don't listen to Kent. I know it hurts the soul.
1: No, just stop. Okay, Maddie, I wanted to go over the second round pool. We kind of been workshopping this, is just talking about like if the Chiefs stay at 61 and 63, or even if they move up a little bit. We kind of see this. This is kind of a realistic pool of players that they could select select from. So let's let's just. I'll list off these corners: corner Trayvon Mullen, Trayvon Mullen from Clemson, Joe Juan Williams from Vanderbilt, Rocky Yasin from Temple, DeAndre Baker from Georgia. We've talked a lot about those guys. I want you to talk about your guy a little bit, Sean Bunting from Central Michigan.
3: Yeah, so the Chiefs are going to be sitting here at the end of the second round, and I think there's a good chance the Chiefs are still going to be looking at like a Tier 2 kind of corner from this draft class, just like a general guy that I would rank below Byron Murphy and Greedy Williams. and Everybody below that, and it's probably a good 10 players deep. I'm calling Tier 2 corners. So the urge to pick one of those guys at the end of the first round isn't huge to me anymore because there's such a small difference between that and this group of guys that we're talking about here at the end of the second round. So whether you want to take a Justin Lane or Amani Warrior at the end of the first round, that's fine. But Sean Bunting is a guy that you could get at the end of the second that is essentially, to me, the same player, if not graded even a little bit better than some of them. He's equally as good of an athlete. He's the same long athletic frame. He tested off the charts just like both of them. And yeah, he's a little raw, just playing at Central Michigan. But he's a guy that you watch him against his level of competition. He beats these receivers up off the line of scrimmage. He's got some of the better press man reps that you're going to see out of any of the corners in this class, just pushing guys out of bounds. And again, it helps playing some lower competition. But he played against Anthony Johnson at Buffalo. He played against both draftable Toledo wide receivers. So he played some guys that are going to be in the league. And you got to fix a few transitions and just little stuff like that, like you're going to with any corner. But the athletic upside and the physicality is through the roof. So he's just one of my favorite guys in that tier two group of corners. And we can have the Lucas locomotive and the bunting bus at the exact same time. So we're just building this entire locomotive, like, transportation-type team in the secondary.
1: Are we the Jets? Are we the Chiefs? Uh, That was a terrible joke, but I don't even care because... I'm just at this point as as much as much of we as we've done the last three months we're 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 wearing down okay, Charles you defensive end plays edge at Texas um tell me what you think about him. I'm a fan of him I know you kind of have a you like him don't love him maybe.
3: Yeah, he's okay to me. He's like the picture-perfect, ideal defensive end for a Steve Spagnola defense right now. From what we're seeing, the guys we've brought in, from what we've just seen about his play style and everything we've heard, like he fits the mold perfectly. But same thing, like I don't love him. I fully get why the Chiefs were going to like him, have been interested in him at both the Senior Bowl and the Combine. He's big. He's long. He's pretty strong. He has the ability to kick inside if you want to from time to time, but he definitely plays the best when he's kind of lined up as a, between a four eye, which is going to be just off the inside shoulder of the tackle or playing right off the outside shoulder of the tackle. That's where he's at his best. He plays through the tackle. He's long, uses a good rip dip up underneath and pretty much that's where we're going to end with him because again, he's not my favorite guy. I don't think he shows enough bend in the hips and I don't think he's powerful enough to really be the best power rusher out there. He's a guy that's good at everything, not great at anything. So he's definitely a guy that I'd feel more comfortable with in round three. But if you want him, you're going to go round two.
1: Yeah, I think that's where he's going to wind up is that late round three. If the Chiefs take a many you've got Ogba, Okafor and a you got Breland in the three O's like that. That's happening. Uh, Safety That's a killer Taylor red Rapp-
3: rover team there, by the way. Like imagine trying to bust through some of those long arm, strong dudes.
1: Oh no. There's no way. I mean, all that's they all are they all come from the Steve Spagnolo lab from for edges. Just long Yeah. So safeties, you got Taylor App, Jonathan Abram, we've talked a lot about them. Wide receivers, you got Hakeem Butler, you got Devo Samuel, a third receiver I don't think we've talked a ton about. And he just had his pro day on Thursday. JJ Arcega-Whiteside from Stanford,
3: right? And JJ arcega whiteside a guy I wanted to talk about because we haven't talked about him. And actually, I've been pretty low on him compared to some other people out there. There's some people that absolutely love his tape. Like some people have him as like wide receiver one, two, three kind of range. And like I get it. And so to be completely fair in the eval process, like he's similar to Keem Butler. Even though I didn't like his tape near as much, he's a very tall, long wide receiver that is very athletic for his size. And if you're going to play the same card that I do with Akeem Butler, that he has real wide receiver one potential because he's already very good and dominant at one specific trait and has the ability to play in the slot or outside. It's only fair that I mention that J.J. Orsega Whiteside is in the exact same boat. He's a dominant jump ball guy, even though he doesn't even jump that much. He just boxes players out. He literally plays power forward in the end zone, and he boxes out guys like no one I've ever seen in the game of football besides a tight end. And he doesn't leave his feet. He just shoves guys out of the way using his butt. Not going to cuss on this podcast. It's a family podcast, Kent. Come on now. And then, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring him up a little bit. He ran a 4.4.9, I believe is where we're sitting at, or 4.4.8 in the 40 right now, had 34-inch jump, almost a 10-foot broad, so he's tested explosive and fast. Didn't necessarily see it on the film, but again, this is a guy that has the size and the ability to play in the slot and on the outside and be a good player going forward. So if you want him, you're going to hope he's there in the second round. And I think he's enticing, like Hakeem Butler is, for the same reasons for the Chiefs.
1: Maddie, I'm a little scared to ask you this next question.
3: Uh Uh-oh, here we go.
1: (laughs) Day three sleeper. Give me one.
3: All right, so it's only fitting that we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the guns being out because I have on a sleeveless shirt because (laughs) I don't think my guy, Porter Gustin, has worn sleeves in about five years, which is phenomenal. (laughs) He's perfectly on brand. This is a dude that lives in the gym. He tries weird diets all the time and lives by these crazy diets. And that's something that just... You've
1: been researching what Porter Gustin puts
3: into his body. It's like the first Google thing that comes up about his rehab. I think it was the rehab from the torn bicep last year. So if you let me get back to the player, Kent, we can see.
1: Please continue.
3: The reason that he's a day three sleeper is because there's a guy that's had an injury history. He had a broken toe going into 2017. Then he tore his bicep and he had to shut down 2017 in 2018 he came out on fire he had seven and a half sacks through six games and then unfortunately a bone spur in his ankle he got pushed landed on it awkwardly and his ankle broke so the guy's been injured he still came out performed everything at the combine and tested like an elite athlete he's legitimately an elite athlete coming off this injury and we're talking about him going in the third round or the third or fourth round here and so he fits the spagnola criteria that we're going to talk about and considering up all the way to the draft about length height size and weight he's super strong and these are all things that matter to steve spagnola and what i really like about him despite fitting all the size criteria he's got some juice he's got the ability to actually bend the edge a little bit and that's where it really impresses me is he fits the mold but he plays an entirely different style than breland speaks or alex okafor Char- or charles or but it's little guys little things like that that got me really enticing by him and again he fits my brand he's everything that I am about guys that I love playing football He's got <laughs> a man bun he's got a beard and he lives in the gym that's an instant first rounder if it wasn't for the injuries
1: where's your man bun Maddie where, uh, where are you getting one We've
3: talked about this before my wife will not let me grow out my hair because once it gets to about four inches this thing starts to curl and we get a little bit of a fro going on It's not pretty
1: Oh my are you you're Corey Matthews?
3: we're That's, not we're, we're not gonna go there i'm not dignifying oh this with a response with the response Sean. could
1: you imagine maddie lane jake with a Corey matthews fro yeah <laughs>
3: <I think laughs> it's that not that tight amazing. it's a little it's a little wavier of curls but yes very curly hair if it starts to grow out
1: you definitely grew your hair out in high school
3: absolutely not
1: i bet you did I i'm did gonna go know. back and i'm gonna go creep on you on facebook okay i want to ask you this one question Schweb 29 asks, and I think this is a great question. I'm going to have Jake answer it, and we're going to answer it later. You lead us off on this one. Favorite names in the draft? Last year, I really liked Mika Fitzpatrick, Armani Watts, Hercules Mata'afa. Give me one.
3: All right, so my favorite is an off-ball linebacker from Akron named Ulysses Gilbert. And only for the reason that he obviously sounds like a president – But even more so, you see a guy named Ulysses and then you see him in his shorts and we're getting back to the brand. This dude had legs the size of tree trunks and his name was Uh Ulysses Gilbert. That's just an instant win for me.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good good point. I think he...
3: Did he go to the Shrine Bowl? Is that right? Yeah, I believe it was the Shrine. Yeah, the Shrine game. And they had the picture of him. But I just remember laughing at his name when I heard it because Ulysses Gilbert does not sound like a football player. I mean, it's better than being a small headed pass rusher. But the name did not sound like a football player. But then you just see the picture of the big legs, match it to the fit, the name, we're set.
1: That's Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Chief of Carolina. Thanks, bud. Find him on Twitter at Barleyhop. Craig Stout. What's up, bud? Oh,
0: not much, man. Today has been the day from hell. <laughs> I am so glad to be sitting down here talking with you guys about football right now. This are is you great.
1: really excited to be talking about football with us right now, though?
0: That's that is exactly how bad my day has been. <laughs> I would. I, I'm loving talking oh, to you guys wow. right now. That is rough. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a rough. Was that where the where the, <laughs> the hop where the hop harvest just not. F- not fruitful this year? Or? No,
0: no, actually, no. The hops are doing great. They're they're growing right away. Uh, the William Beths are only ones that haven't really sprouted buds yet. You know, the rest. I yeah, totally know. No, what you're nobody talking wants about. to hear Damn, this. I don't know what you're yeah. trying to get at,
2: but I'm really excited to be talking sports ball with you guys. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Bud. I I am too. I guess.
1: <laughs> okay, third round player pool. Kind of. Uh, been deconstructing and looking at like a pool of players that could realistically be in the 1st, the 2nd. Now we're going to give you the hard one, Craig, because your day hasn't been uh has been just way too easy. So, let's talk a little bit about the third round player pool. We kind of been working through this. I'm going to have you talk about a few players. Guys that we think the Chiefs could realistically take in the third round. Tristan Hill, defensive lineman from Central Florida. Jalen. Just, they just need to take yeah, him. That, that's that's right, it. And, and yeah. done. Tristan Hill, no matter what, yeah. in the third round. No matter I, what. Get the, get the post it note out. Write it down. <laughs> yeah. hey, you want to know something? No. Do you know what the anti Tristan Hill is? The next guy on the list. Jalen Ferguson. Ferguson, the next guy on the list. I mean, but like honestly. This is the right spot for him, though. This, this is, is right is spot for where him. There you go. I want you to talk about Jamel Dean because I don't think we spent a lot of time with him. The cornerback from Auburn. What do you think about him? Because he tested phenomenally. He tested super phenomenally.
0: He ran a 4-3-40. He had a 41-inch vertical and a 130-inch broad. He's a guy that just lit up the combine, put him on a lot of guys' radars. He That speed shows up on, on screen. He's a guy that can cover every single receiver in the NFL vertically. Problem is he's just got really stiff hips, and that's why he's going to fall to this point he struggles a little bit with some of his route recognition, but he does have some pretty decent ball skills and that speed and the length that he has. I mean, he's a 6'1", 206 corner, so he's well built. He's going to come up and tackle, and he's just a guy that fits a lot of the things that Steve Spagnuolo wants out of his corners. He just has a little bit of rigidity and tightness coming in and out of breaks. That's what's going to drive him down the the uh, draft board.
2: Honestly, I think he's a safety
0: yeah, I think he could be a safety, too. I, it, that would kind of limit some of his hip rigidity on the back end there. he certainly got the speed to, and is rangy enough to kind of play back there. I'd worry a little bit about his route recognition, but in round three, getting an athlete like that, you're, you're just going to take that.
1: Okay, just keep going down the list. Isaiah Johnson, cornerback, tested exceptionally as well. All these kind of guys definitely tested at a high level. A guy we haven't talked about a lot, Jake, or – Craig, that I think you should kind of address is Drew Tranquil, the linebacker from Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, Drew is a guy that I really, really like. Watching him play, he's a tone setter. He's a converted safety, so he's got coverage ability, but he's just a little bit small, and he's got injuries that have kind of loaded him up a little bit. He's torn both of his ACLs. He's just kind of got nagging injuries. He's one of those guys that... You know, several times as you're watching games, you see him go to the sideline because he gets not he gets dinged up and he's got to be looked at. So he he's a guy that has everything that teams are gonna want out of a will linebacker, coverage ability. He can hit, he's got sideline to sideline range, he can set an edge against tight ends as well. He's he's a guy that's gonna get drafted and play really well when he can be on the field. His problem is just that he can't get on the field all that much, and he's already 24, so Kent hates him.
1: Oh, well, of course. I mean, yeah. if, if you're not – if you're over – if you're 24 or older, like you're, you're a dinosaur.
0: You're dead to Kent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Blake Cashman, linebacker from Utah. We talked about him. Foster Moreau, the tight end from LSU. We've talked a lot about. Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M. David Montgomery from Iowa State. Scary Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver from Ohio State. One last guy I want to talk about. Riley Ridley wide receiver from Georgia Jake I know you kind of were the primary guy on this what do you think about him is Blake Cashman from Utah
2: yeah
0: Blake Cashman yeah
2: who's the Minnesota kid
0: Minnesota no the Utah kids Cody Barton sorry
2: wow this is my fault hey good thing I'm on top of things over here fellas good thing I I don't have this mental fatigue oh you bum I'm hitting my stride. <laughs> He's in. Yeah, so Blake Cashman from
1: Minnesota.
0: Minnesota. Minnesota.
1: I feel really bad because I just stereotyped white linebackers. Well, <laughs> Minnesota's not much
2: better. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Anyways, Riley Ridley from Georgia. I do not like him as much as some other people do. He's not... A guy that I just see like a clear like path to success in the NFL. So even in the third round, I wouldn't be super wild about it. I would much rather have like a scary Terry. Uh, Riley Ridley is not as big as some people think he is. He's like six foot one ninety. He did not test well. He's not a good looking athlete on film, in my opinion. And I don't really see what people love about his routes. It's not a super advanced route tree, and they're not great. So in the third round, wouldn't be a fan. And when adding on to
1: that, like from a production standpoint, it wasn't like he was an overly productive player at Georgia either. So you've got a limited athlete. I didn't think he separated at a high level, and there wasn't a ton of production there either. Like, It's a weird combination for everybody to be so highly regarded. Craig, do you have any thoughts on Riley Ridley?
0: I mean, I would say that I'm probably higher on him than you two. I like him. I think he's very smooth and very fluid. And especially with his releases, he can get off the release really well. And maybe part of that's because I watched a lot of teams play against Georgia, reviewing cornerbacks. So I watched Riley Ridley beat up on a lot of guys that are going to be drafted in this draft class at cornerback. He gave Johan Williams fits in that Georgia offense. So i think that he does have a path to success but yeah i'm i'm with jake i think he's fallen a little more i expected him to be a better athlete than he was
1: yeah it wasn't great uh day three sleepers jay uh, craig why don't you give me why don't you give me a day three sleeper because we've been doing that you know last couple weeks
0: yeah uh this is a guy that immediately when i watched him i screamed this is a steve spagnolo edge defender Uh, Austin Bryant out of Clemson. And when I say day three, I mean day three. We're talking maybe round six, round (laughs) seven. Uh, He's a guy that is long and he's strong (laughs) and he's down to get the friction on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We say that every week. And every every week, week, Jake laughs.
3: Every week.
0: (laughs) He's 6'4", he's 271, and he's got freakishly long arms. He's a guy that played really well off of Christian Wilkins and stunted and twisted really well as an edge player. He played opposite Cleveland Farrell a lot. He definitely benefited by not being the guy in that four man rotation there, but he's a guy that I think makes some sense based on what Spagnolo likes out of his edge defenders and a guy very late in the in the draft there. He's going to be a guy that is just going to stick around because he's a good football player. He's just kind of capped athletically and physically, so he he just makes a whole lot of sense based on the rest of the players that they've added so far.
1: You look at, like, two years ago, he was one of those guys that people thought was a top 50 prospect two mm-hmm. years ago. You know, like, there's a lot of guys that wind up falling, you know, way back over time but like Austin Bryant was a guy that people were like this guy's a first round prospect like two oh, years absolutely.
0: ago absolutely he was a four star recruit, top 15 nationally mm-hmm. coming out of high school I mean he's a dude that everybody loved he just never really got to that point he's just not that kind of
2: athlete yeah he's part of that group of Clemson D lineman that you know we question do they have four first round players on their defensive line yeah Answer, no, prob- no. <laughs> they, <laughs> they might have three. They, they might, might have, have three, three if Dex goes. Yeah.
1: But Austin Bryant, he just got clumped together with them. No, Bi- big Wilk and <laughs> big Wilk and Dexter Lawrence and Chloe and Farrell. I mean, they have
2: top fifty. They're both. They're all going top fifty, and Bryant just got clumped together with them. So, of course, 11 years from now, Austin Bryant is going to be celebrating his super successful NFL career while we're talking about the three other guys <laughs> yeah. that just didn't make it to his second contract. Of course. Yeah. the
0: draft. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be complaining that the Ravens paid him $20 million and going, man, what is he going to do with this second contract and, and then, just, you know, rack up 10 sacks a year. Yeah.
1: Mm. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Schweb29 asked, I had, I had Maddie answer this already. Favorite name in the draft.
0: Oh, this is easy for me. Sione Takitaki. Oh, uh, I'm out of BYU. Stunned. My guy, Sam Linebacker. Sione Takitaki. He's my guy. That's my favorite name in the draft right there. Even
1: more than Johan Johan
0: Johan. Yeah.
1: That is barley hop. <laughs> we're going to close this thing out with a mailbag today. Jake, I want to start with Schweb29's question.
2: Favorite name in the draft? Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of good options, but I really like Sheldrick Redwine. Red <laughs> Sheldrick Redwine. Um just, just because every time I think he's gonna make a play in the NFL, like I would love it if like that stadium would play that song and he's the safety from Miami. He's actually pretty good. He's not bad. Here's the here's the thing about this year's draft. It's kind of
1: weird. Guys like Rakia and O'Shane Ziminis, we've been talking about for like weeks. So it's like not as fun to talk about a guy like that, right? You know, like th- those names like are, are very common. Everybody is saying them. So like I don't, like that's not fair. Let me go with, uh, let's see here. Let me give you a good one. I like Lil Jordan Humphrey. Mm. Lil Jordan. He's got an L-I-L
2: on his name. Did you know the story? Do you know the story behind that? I don't. So, when he was born, his older brother was a huge Michael Jordan fan, and so he wanted to name him Michael Jordan, like, after Michael Jordan, and his mom was like, nah, but he's Lil. So, we'll call him Lil Jordan. That's not <laughs> that's, that's real. That's a true story. No, <laughs> that's no, real. No, it's not. Google it. It's real. It's just I don't know Are if like, being, I don't can't... know if that's the exact dialogue that happened, but yes. <laughs> like, no, his older brother was a Michael Jordan fan, and his mom named him Lil Jordan. <laughs> okay, that kind of made my day. <laughs> that made that made a rough day very good. I, that's not real. It's real. Wow. Uh, okay, I think, I think that's even in the guide. <laughs> that might have even made it in the guide. It is. <laughs> I'm yeah, because it's that bizarre. I'm going to go I
1: have to I haven't read all 225 write-ups yet, and I haven't read Lil' Jordan Humphreys because he's way down the wide receiver is at rankings. the
2: top of your list. Uh,
1: Hamp Cheevers
2: Hamp is Cheevers a fun is name. A That's just a fun one to say. It is. Uh,
1: Brutus Cornelius asks, if uh, if Oliver falls, Ed Oliver, at what number do you think the, Ch- the Chiefs would trade up for him? So, I think... I don't think that they would trade up to, like, 15 to go get a guy like Ed Oliver. I think it would just kind of be one of those situations where if it fell to where they could give up their third into the early 20s, that's where they would wind up taking Ed Oliver. He's not
2: I don't know if he's a guy that they would be really aggressive to acquire, but just be opportunistic with, right? Yeah, and I think... You'd have to start thinking, too, if he's falling in the first place, it's because the NFL scouting departments view him differently than we on Twitter do. So would the Chiefs even trade up for him? Would they value him that high? Would, what? Why would they think differently than everyone else? Yeah. Hopefully because they're smarter and they go up and do it. Because he's a good football player. Right, but Figure it out. But I don't know. Um, I would, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he would need to probably fall into like the early 20s and then where it's just like, you know what, we're not giving up. a a ton to go get him, but we like him enough that we're just going to, let's just make it happen. Andrew Metcalf seven asks, what are the chances that the chiefs draft a linebacker in the
1: first three rounds? I don't think it's super high. I mean, they've spent a lot of early assets and a lot of money at the linebacker position. You've got Dorian O'Daniel with a third round pick and, you know, this year's fourth is being spent on Reggie Ragland, and they spent a lot of money on Anthony Hitchens. Like, that's not a position where I think you can go and use one of your four best assets to address that position. Maybe, if if if, if they were, it would be a Sam. They would be trying to identify more of a rush Sam-type
2: player. Like, that. that's the only thing that makes sense to me when it comes to the linebacker position. Well, also... There's not a linebacker worth taking in the first three rounds that's not named Devin. That's true. I you mean, Mack so Wilson, you could probably... But, you could make a case for him. He would be the only one I probably, probably would make a case for. The The linebacker
1: market is weird in this draft because you've got... It's very top-heavy, but then it's everything else is just day three guys mm-hmm. or very close to day three guys. It's, it's bizarre. Um, at Tizzle Sage... Elite. That's an elite name, Jake. At Ooh. Tizzle Sage asks, hmm. if Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson falls to twenty-one and no big defensive players are on the board, do you risk it all and go get him? This is kind of one of those the same things with that Oliver. I don't know if I go trade up for TJ Hawkinson. You know, just because I I think TJ Hawkins is a, f- a fantastic football player. Do not get me wrong, I, he's one of the ten best players in this class. But do you trade up? for a tight end, give up your third round pick. Because that's... I mean, getting into 21 is going to cost you 92. It's going to cost you pick 92 to get all the way up there. So you're going to do that and then you're going to have a tight end address and you're going to have 61 and 63 to make your defense better. And you're not going to have 92 to move up in the second round and you're you're basically stuck waiting until whatever's left at corner. I don't like your flexibility there to maneuver the board, to try to uh, address the cornerback position. I think
2: that's, that's, that's a tough, tough move to make. And on top of it, when you're going to draft TJ Hawkinson to come in and not be your feature tight end, cause you have Travis Kelsey. So to be a second tight end, I would much rather, and as much as I love TJ Hawkinson to me, like he's a top seven player in this draft class, but if I'm the Chiefs, I would rather just take Foster Moreau or like Kahali Warring in the third round and let him be that second tight end. And honestly, I don't think the drop-off is going to be that different when you're not asking him to be like your feature number one tight end.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hawks,
2: hands down. Hawks better than but of course. Hawks can
1: you're play gonna have a, But
2: Hawk is going to have a specific role in that offense that is not... Being the featured tight end, I think it would be he would be playing more in line. Mm-hmm. But that's and, why I said Foster and Cahali because Cahal- yeah, I guys, think those, those two can do that for sure. And Not at the, the same level, but when you are talking about like your, your cost efficiency and yeah. stuff, yeah, I wouldn't give up a ton to go up get Hawkinson if I'm the Chiefs. I wouldn't either. And, I, and it's nothing on the player
1: because he's awesome. Uh, Chief in West Virginia asks if there is one corner you could see uh, the Chiefs realistically taking that could come in compete for a starting role who would it be um i mean i think there's a few that actually could A guy like justin lane i think is going to take a little bit of
2: time So is this question in context? Are they? Do you think they're talking about the first round, or maybe like a more of a mid round guy that can compete for a starting? I think he's just asking in general. So I mean, like I think if you're taking a guy in the first round, yeah, you better you better hope he's gonna come in and compete for a starting job. I don't know if like I'm not sure. Like Justin Lane probably could, but I don't know if he
1: would right away. He might be a guy that takes some time to develop. I think Amani Oruwari probably could um, compete right away. I just think it just kind of depends on like and that's I think that this is kind of at the root of the Chiefs issues at the cornerback position when it comes to this draft because you've got a lot of guys that have good athletic profiles that um that that are that need a lot of work like Sean Bunting and Justin Lane and uh like uh, Isaiah Johnson the good productive corners that
2: have a lot of experience, have a lot of production in college are bad athletes like, like uh, Deandre Baker. <clears throat> I was just going to say too. I think that isn't that kind of the case for Deandre Baker anyways, yeah. it's like you're drafting a guy that you don't think is maybe ever going to be an, a, a pro bowl type player, but he's going to be a competent NFL starter. Yeah. And so at what point do you take a guy like that? If you're the, especially if you're the chiefs Yeah. that they just need, they just need bodies out there that can play at an NFL level. And I think DeAndre Baker is that. It's a new – and that's why I think this question is pretty nuanced and it's actually a really
1: good question because you got to look at it a lot of different ways. The talent level of the defense, the range in which they're taking them, um, and then like DeAndre Baker could probably play pretty early for the Chiefs. I don't think DeAndre Baker – I don't think the reason DeAndre Baker could be available to the Chiefs at 61 is because of his football ability though. Because right. the, the question marks are starting to come out about character and coachability and effort and all that stuff. So I think Baker, like I think Baker probably, you know, I think he could compete right away. But it's it's the other stuff that is is having him fall. It the cornerback the cornerback situation, guys, is it's the most fascinating piece of this whole thing. And it's I, I, I'm stressed about it just trying to play the game myself working through all these 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 scenarios, there's not a great way to approach the cornerback position. And the Chiefs have a lot of decisions to make. Trying to trade for one makes a lot of sense. I get why they would try to do that. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We will be back on Monday for a launch show uh, for the KC Draft Guide. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday.